Yeah, yeah. Making her way to the mic. They start dimming the lights. You start feeling alright. From Birmingham, home of the Teddy Longs and the Ruben Studders. More once you discover. For all of the lovers of Whitney Houston and Roman Reigns. For all of the lovers of Mickey James and Marvin Gaye. For all of the lovers of Sasha Banks, Janelle Monet, Silk Sonic and Paige. Allow me to say, look, I just found a place we escape. Every one of us, I was kinda lazy. I just made it up the struggle bus. Walking by the fake, cause I know it's right in front of us. On the air, had to drop a couple bars just to make you all aware. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. You know, I go by Joe or the rest of the show. Hey, y'all, welcome to a new episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl Stephanie Hardy. Now, of course, in this new episode, I've got your news and gossipish, and it is juicy, y'all. Plus, on top of that, I get to talk about and give flowers to Soraya, who made her AEW debut this week. And I talk about my fandom of hers that started in 2012 and how it's trickled down to now with her new journey in wrestling. Then I talk about all the things that I loved in wrestling this week. So please sit back, relax, and listen to this new episode of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Right, so now we're gonna go into news and gossipish. News and gossipish. A favorite part where we talk about what's going on in the world of wrestling, professional wrestling on social media and on TV. What's going on in these people's lives? It's news and gossipish with your girl Stephanie. Yeah. All right, so yeah, that was me singing, and yes, I was being extra, but this is my show, so it's okay. Um, so like I was saying, this is the news and gossipish segment, and we're gonna start off by talking about CM Punk and how basically he's rumored to never to possibly never return to AEW after his whole little fallout with everybody. Um, when it comes to him and the young bucks having their fight after the meteor scrum that took place after all out on september the 4th my birthday and since then of course tony khan went forward with stripping him of the aew title and then they had their tournament of champions and now john moxley is the aew champion um again so congratulations to him but basically there's this rumor that cm punk might not ever return even though everything isn't 100 out there so during a recent pwtorch.com audio show wade keller recapped aew dynamite grand slam which took place this past wednesday and while speaking about the ring of honor world title match between chris jericho and claudio Castagnoli, which went down in a way that i didn't like um keller noted how cm punk's name was excluded when ian riccoboni talked about the big names that have held the title so on commentary they had talked about all the people in the past who have been ring of honor world champion and cm punk is one of those people um but somehow or another they left his name out of the conversation 
kind of like how um wwe is doing the nxt women's champions when it comes to um the women that mandy rose might be surpassing in their title reigns and they just so happen to skip over sasha banks that's basically what AEW might be doing so wade keller proceeded to also say that he doesn't expect cm punk to return and while nothing is 100 set in stone they seem things seem to be leaning towards a buyout of punk's contract um he said quote i think this is noteworthy but not surprising that he excluded cm punk's name as he talked about some of the biggest names who have held the title that's a bit of a tell as i talked with jason powell yesterday i am not expecting cm punk to wrestle in AEW again i'm not saying it's a hundred percent sure thing but everything is pointing in that direction so of course following the backstage fight that involved cm punk and the young bucks and kenny omega all of the parties involved were suspended and an investigation was launched um no one involved in the fight has spoken publicly about the situation and AEW has remained quiet and kept the ball rolling um as if nothing has really happened and even being the elite the youtube show that the young bucks created has also been on hiatus over the past couple of weeks so yeah it's just getting really creepy um in that sense and the fact that no one has said anything even kenny omega showed up for a sega event but yet no one has said anything about the incident and a lot of people online were basically looking at the picture that he took and they thought well he has a like a spot on his arm that looks like it could be a bite so maybe that came from the fight or whatever but no one truly knows so i feel like if this is the case and if cm punk isn't going to come back um like i said this is just a rumor um people aren't expecting him to come back he has not confirmed or denied these rumors um it would be really sad if this was how he went out how it's like you come back you know after years away from the wrestling business and then um and then it's like you go on to fight and you fight and fight and then you win the title but then have to give it up due to injury um which of course isn't anybody's fault because the human body is going to fail you and then you come back um win the title again and then have a blow up and then you leave and then possibly to never return like that would seriously suck for all of your fans who waited for so long to see you on top in this way but i'm hoping that maybe it isn't true because the last time they said cm punk was in trouble with the company and he had some type of blow up with everybody it turned out not to be true so yeah um here's hoping the best for cm punk at this point i hope that he does go on to continue to do amazing things whether it be in wrestling or outside of wrestling and i hope that you know all parties involved can actually come to a peaceful conclusion and just get along even though i know everybody you know who works with everybody isn't meant to get along all the time it's just the principle i just hope everybody can just chill out and just be happy but then again that's just me in general so yeah i hate it when people fight but moving on outside of that story wwe has expanded pay a paid holiday schedule for their employees so according to fightful select um they learned on tuesday that stephanie mcmahon 
um, the chairwoman and co-CEO with Nick Khan and um, Triple H, who was just the head of creative and all of these other things, held an all-employee meeting that seemingly helped boost morale within the company, which was a concentrated effort from the trio. Employees were informed that their paid holiday schedule would be significantly expanded with the company adding Veterans Day, Juneteenth, hey, um, Thanksgiving Eve, as well as a floating holiday to the 2023 schedule. And the current list of dates includes New Year's Day, Martin Luther King Day, President's Day, Memorial Day, Juneteenth, Independence Day in July for July the 3rd and the 4th, Labor Day, Veterans Day, Thanksgiving, the time between November the 22nd and the 24th, and the holiday break for Christmas, the biggest, baddest holiday of them all, from December the 25th all the way through December the 29th. WWE will still tour some of these days, so some, day off, some days off may vary. The executives also let employees know that the company will be expanding its flexible work policy with details to be shared soon so i'm more than sure that anybody who works um behind the scenes at wwe or in the offices were really happy to hear that um and happy to hear that they'll have more flexible time to be with their family members and stuff for various holidays of course um because i know one thing when i was working in my office and we were able to get like a half day for juneteenth I was so lit because I was just like, oh my God, Juneteenth is really like Independence Day for African Americans. So it's just like for us to get half a day or to only go on to only get like to get a whole day for it, it was really lit. And I enjoyed this past Juneteenth weekend because I was in New York for the first time. So that was fun. So um big ups to the employees of WWE. I don't necessarily know if this applies to the wrestlers. But big ups to WWE and all of its other employees um, who gets to enjoy this expanded holiday schedule because y'all do a whole lot of work for us. Like y'all go hard in the paint for us and y'all ain't got to do that. So enjoy y'all breaks because y'all deserve them. So moving on, we also have another story, um, which was a rumor um, of WWE's interest in Soraya, formerly known as Paige. So, of course, if you know, or even if you don't know, Soraya, who is formerly known as Paige in the WWE, made her return to pro wrestling on Wednesday night when she um, debuted in um, AEW's Grand Slam event at the Arthur Ashe Stadium. And then she sent a message, of course, to Tony Storm and Athena as she lifted them up in the ring, but then also um, looked like she had some you know beef with Britt Baker and um Serena Deeb and Jamie Hayter and she was mouthing her trademark catchphrase this is my house but this sent everybody into a tizzy everybody was going crazy this was in Queens New York so everybody was just really lit when they heard her uh, or saw her name pop up on the um titantron and then she came out because nobody was expecting to see her or expecting for her to make her debut at all because of course she did leave wwe after her contract um ran out in july so didn't nobody really know exactly what she had cooking up or what she had planned but here she is back in wrestling and everybody's crunk so sean ross sap um a fightful select reported earlier that afternoon that AEW had reached out to her over the summer but no further context was known um and that the article also stated that there was a belief that the revamped WWE would be interested in bringing the 30 year old back 
well that belief turned out to not be true (laughs) so it is they um there's another piece of this article that says it is not particularly surprising that AEW reached out to Soraya when she became a free agent. It is commonplace for the promotion to attempt to acquire as much talent as possible and the second generation star fits that category despite not wrestling a match for five years and let me tell y'all something when she came back Wednesday it blew my mind to bits like I just couldn't believe it I was sitting on the couch waiting for dinner to arrive and then all of a sudden you know I'm watching this women's match and Tony Storm of course regained or basically retained her interim AEW world women's title and then after that of course Britt Baker was being a bully with her um with her friends Jamie Hayter and um Rebel and so all of a sudden you see the screen go black and then you see Soraya pop up and I was like oh my god I was so excited like I was too excited because I love me some Paige but I'll get to talk about that in my special segment after this but I love me some Soraya I've loved her since 2012 so um I'm really excited for what she is going to bring to AEW at this point and I'm happy that she's happy um for herself and happy I'm just happy that she's in wrestling period because her presence is just needed and that's not to say that anybody else's presence isn't needed but it's just the fact that her presence is like without her in wrestling you could tell that there's just something missing and I'm just glad that she is back um whether it be on an officials level a wrestler level or even like on a level of maybe she'll be a manager or something like i don't know either way i'm just glad she's on tv so yeah yes soraya love you girl so moving on there have been lots of expectations with white rabbit and how it could possibly be the return of bray wyatt with a somewhat new gimmick like people have been looking at clues and qr codes and um coordinates and stuff to try to decode what it is the white rabbit stuff means so WrestleVotes reported that a source within wwe expects the white rabbit teases to culminate with the return of bray wyatt but also said it's being withheld from everyone wwe featured qr codes in the background of monday's raw leading to a website that added to the mystery surrounding the company's use of jefferson airplanes white rabbit during commercial breaks at tv tapings and at recent house shows the video also features a game of hangman that asks the question who killed the world before revealing you did now the last clue with the qr code alluded to something happening on september the 23rd which was smackdown that was just yesterday and a lot of people were kind of watching smackdown to kind of expect something to happen during the show but nothing happened on screen but they did play the white rabbit song during the commercial break because there were lots of fans who got on social media and posted um their videos of them playing the white rabbit song um as they were waiting for the show to continue so 
there's supposed to be another clue within the court and it's talking about how we're supposed to be getting another clue on this monday's raw coming up but nothing has been confirmed we don't know what the white rabbit stuff is or what it means it's just oh my god it's just crazy but i do like that they're utilizing a new creative way to sort of get people guessing and it's so funny because i feel like a long time ago i would have said that this was chris jericho simply because (laughs) he would come back with all kinds of cryptic riddles or cryptic codes and stuff like that that would always you know lead to y2j somehow but seeing as aw now exists and he's over there as the ring of honor champion um that cancels that out and a lot of people also thought it might have something to do with carrying across but he didn't even allude to a white rabbit either so nobody knows but i guess we just gotta wait and see um but i know i can't wait to see what it actually will be though like seriously i'm really excited it even has a lot of people including people in the company making guesses even ronda rousey um got on her baddest stream on the planet gaming stream and provided a theory of why wwe has been playing the song in between his matches she said and i quote during the breaks between matches they've been doing this thing where they turn off the lights and they play white rabbit we all have our theories about what it means but i like to think it means that bray wyatt is coming back so even ronda rousey thinks that it could very well be bray wyatt but nobody knows but either way we just gotta wait and see and i'm still excited and then it's also weird because i think i saw somewhere on wwshop.com that they have t-shirts with the white rabbit stuff on there so it's clear that they're going all in on it so we just gotta i guess we just gotta wait and see what it means a part of me also wants to believe what if it's a woman what if it's somebody we're just not expecting at all because if it's one thing wwe or just wrestling in general likes to do it loves to let you know that just when you think you have all the answers or you've guessed all the answers they like to change the question so yeah we just gotta wait also in the news we have um the possible the possible happening of a ufc fighter wanting to challenge the rock um after he announced his retirement so nate diaz um who is a ufc fighter um basically said that he since he's wrapped up his ufc contract he said on wednesday that he's only going to fight the rock um that's the only person that he wants to fight otherwise he doesn't want to fight anybody else so i think that's interesting but i really don't know that much about nate diaz as a ufc fighter so i believe everybody at this point would love to fight the rock simply because he's still that guy and he's still in shape but honestly i'm not necessarily interested in nate diaz fighting the rock because i'm interested in the rock fighting roman reigns that's the only thing i'm interested in if it's not the rock fighting his cousin i ain't i don't care but (laughs) i mean i'll care anyway because i'll still watch it but if it's not the rock versus roman reigns i don't care sorry nate diaz sorry to this man but that's just how i feel (laughs) so lastly i want to say that i have been well not lastly actually i have one more thing i want to discuss before i get to that part 
on social media i believe it was thursday into friday i saw lots of people arguing about the validity of the divas title and how i believe maria canellis bennett um who is the founder of women's wrestling army i believe she mentioned something about um how how she would be interested if um wwe brought back the divas championship aka the butterfly title and um she basically said that um that there were a ton of women um in that era and then down the line you have beth phoenix melina mickey james and natty you had a ton of workers that came from the independence too and it was a mixture of the types of talent like that and then you have trish stratus lita and ivory that caught the tail end of that and she said i think they should bring back the butterfly belt i do i know people would disagree with me and that's fine that's why wrestling is great because when you watch wrestling you don't see everybody looking exactly the same um and that's the thing um maria was a part of wwe during a time of which um the women were called divas and this was during the time of which you know women weren't necessarily a lot of people look at that time as probably one of its darkest times when it comes to women's wrestling because the the matches weren't as long um and then if they were long it would be like specific people and then if they weren't as long it would be women that would sort of come from sort of a modeling background or stuff like that and they weren't just taking women's wrestling as seriously as they could but then you have women who tried to make the best of what they had like alicia fox who was the first black um divas champion and the only black divas champion as a matter of fact um you had maurice who held the divas title for such a long period of time so and then even beth phoenix held a divas title so and even Paige, she was the one who broke AJ Lee's record of having held it. Well, she didn't break the record, but after um, AJ had it for such a long period of time, she finally beat her at, at the night after WrestleMania 30. So the Divas Championship has its place in wrestling history um, because of the fact that those women did the very best that they could buy that title even though they weren't given as much and i do respect that because at first um when the women's evolution was happening there was a lot of people sort of looking down on that part even including me but i have to understand that in my growth as a wrestling fan i realized that that wasn't exactly the healthiest way to look at it because all of those women that were employed by wwe were doing the very best that they could with what they had and it's not fair to just look down on them and the work that they did even though it wasn't that much because it wasn't their fault um per se it was the perception of the people in power so um this caused an uproar on social media because um tjr wrestling shared the article um about the divas title possibly being brought back and a lot of women um who participated in wwe had some strong feelings about it trish stratus retweeted it and said simply no um maria responded to that and said that she didn't um want that time in wrestling to come 
come back but I do think that a lot of people loved that being strong can be sexy and that you can own your sexuality in whatever way you choose for a lot of people the divas era gave them the confidence to be themselves and it represented more than wrestling for me it represented opportunity and the chance to be in an industry that I love um this also caused a little bit more of an uproar with Mickey James. She on Twitter said, personally, I prefer the OG women's championship. That's the gold one with the red letters. That's another one that I do love. Um, she said, nothing is prettier. The women who held that championship were legends, icons, history makers, game changers, ceiling breakers, today's road pavers. This one, not so much, which I do disagree with because of the previous women that I did mention who held the Divas title as well. Even she held the Divas title, I believe, at one point. So I feel like the women who held that title, you know, are still just as valid in women's history just as much as the women who held the the gold one the black and gold one with the red letters too so that's not necessarily how I feel now other people on twitter such as at live codas said i can agree the women's title was iconic but implying the women who held the divas title aren't iconic or game changers is very blank um yeah because at the same time you do have people like i said aj lee who held the title for so long and basically made it mean something a little bit more besides you know an accessory that you could just toss back and forth whenever you feel like it and she actually did that um for a while and that's another reason why I kind of feel like AJ was a little bit ahead of her time but either way it was still a credible title to have so yeah then Mickey responded to that and said I never said that just because you disagree with my opinion doesn't mean you have to put words in my mouth to validate yours yes a lot of the women who held the divas title did powerful things but if you're going to try to compare all the women who held that title from 1956 to 2006 to a championship that couldn't even last a decade then we are just not even on the same page of understanding what history um in quotes is that's all agree to disagree um so yeah this was a lot but either way I can say though that I did want the Divas title at one point and I still technically do for the sake of history because it's my personal goal to buy every woman's title that's ever existed um before I die that's what I want to do um and buying the Divas title is one of those things so I do want it and I want to carry it with pride in knowing that this is a part of women's history so in wrestling so I don't want to be be one of those fans that seeks to look down on it in any way shape or form but yeah that was a whole argument that was kind of brutal to watch on social media but just in my opinion all of it is a part of women's wrestling history and the divas title you know matters just as much as any other women's title does so that's just kind of how I feel about it but moving on to another subject on Twitter, one cool thing I noticed was the fact that Nyla Rose from AEW tweeted at Lil Nas X and said, hey, do you like wrestling? I have an idea. And then he tweeted back and said, listening. And I'm just like, oh my God, come on, Lil Nas X. Get in wrestling. Everybody else is. So 
yeah i'm really excited about that and lastly on twitter i had a really positive interaction with steven dickey who is on the commentary team for wow superheroes if you may or may not know wow superheroes um made its premiere last weekend um on my channel which is my 68 um in out in the alabama area and it comes on at 6 p.m on saturdays um central standard time so basically since i started watching it and um now i also um help co-host the after show for women's wrestling talk for wow superheroes i started watching it and read and basically tweeting along while i was watching it and while um superheroes actually saw it their twitter account saw a lot of my tweets and retweeted them and quote tweeted them as well they gave clapping emojis when i said let's you know it's wild superheroes day let's get it cracking they love that and then i made a tweet about um one of their superstars vivian rivera and i said vivian is so beautiful and technically sound also i love aj roasting david's rapping and then they also commented wow um commented and said vivian is smooth like butter and tough as stone um and then some of my tweets were also retweeted by the Tonga twins who um, have been moving forward in the WOW tag team title tournament. They, um, of course, uh, they basically retweeted and said that they got to honor Rikishi because I made reference to their triple hip attack that they hit on Chantilly Chella and Randy Rara. Um, so they just liked a lot of my tweets and I had just really great reactions. And then after... Um, we did the after show on this past Monday. Um, Stephen Dickey um, added me and said, at Queen Steph Hardy, follow me by the way, loved listening to the after show. Very insightful and thoughtful analysis by you and your team. Um, that's um, Katrina Blake and Emily May Heller from Women's Wrestling Talk. By the way, my last name is Dickey. Hope that helps for last for next time. And that does help because I did my brain was fried because it was monday and yeah and then he said no worries i'm glad everyone enjoyed the show it means the world to all of us to have the support of people that truly champion women athletes from every avenue i can't wait to listen next week and i love the discussion and energy you all bring to the after show so guys it's so great and i'm so happy to actually give this show my time because while superheroes may only be an hour but what they put in that hour is so amazing it's like you get to know a lot of the women and all of their stories and their motivations behind what it is they do why they wrestle and stuff like that like it's really it's really a well done and well crafted show of course, it was created by David um, McLean, who um, was also the creator of Glow, which is Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling from a long time ago. Um, and it's executive produced by Jeannie Buss, who is the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers, the greatest NBA team of all time, um, because yeah, I'm a fan of them. And AJ, <laughs> and AJ Mendez, of course, formerly known as AJ Lee in WWE. Um, so, it's an amazing show so i please recommend that you check it out if you have the chance i don't know if they put it on paramount plus if you have that but as far as i know it's just on for on my end for alabama it's on my 68 
Um, so if you have a My Network TV channel, check that, check the guide and see if it's on that channel. Or if you have like a CW channel, check on that channel as well on the guide and see, you know, where it comes on for you. And please check it out and please support it because these women deserve absolutely nothing but the best and the support. It's an all-female show. So if you love women's wrestling and if you want to support it outside of, of course, the bigger companies like Impact, WWE, and AEW, Please support shows like Women's Wrestling Army and like Wild Superheroes. Please do. Please do. So that's all for news and gossip And <laughs> I'm going to talk about um, my special bond and my love for Soraya, formerly known as Paige from WWE, um, and my journey as a fan of hers. Right, so I wanted to take this time to talk about my fan journey with Soraya, who's formerly known as Paige from WWE because she made her grand debut on AEW Dynamite's Grand Slam episode that's this past Wednesday. I have loved her since 2012. I feel like a lot of stuff happened for me and popped off in terms of wrestling and life in 2012. That's a big year. It was a big summer. Um, that was the year I discovered um, that the women in NXT were popping off with 20-minute matches. Through my boyfriend, who I didn't know was going to be my boyfriend at the time. But of course, you know, things happened. We talked wrestling. We fell in love. And the rest was history. Then on top of that, we were always having back and forth discussions about how come they won't let the women on the main roster fight, you know, as long as the men fight. Like this was something that I thought about even by myself for years. And it was just something that me and my boyfriend used to discuss at length a lot. Like, do some of these women who don't be fighting like that really know how to fight? Like, could they have a match? Like, you know, we used to actually pray for the days where the women would or the divas at the time would rise up and have some type of rebellion on camera and be like look y'all need to take us seriously or else we won't fight no more like we used to talk about that all the time so <laughs> so you fast forward and then all everything that's happened now is just really lit but back then we were just mad but he did let me know and he told me like you know on nxc these women are fighting and then there's this woman named Paige, and i found this documentary called fighting with my family right and he watched it on youtube so i was like okay so in my free time one day um in berea kentucky shout out to the college berea college i was in my room and i watched this documentary about um the family of course this is the bevis family um but then, of course, in kayfabe, they were known as the Knight family. So they had their own wrestling promotion in England. Um, they were from Norwich. And um, they basically all built up their wrestling careers. And the thing about Soraya was the fact that her mama, um, I believe whose name was also Soraya or Sweet Soraya in the Indies, was wrestling with her in the womb. 
And I thought that was one of the most unique things I'd ever heard in my life. Just what? Like, she didn't know she was pregnant with her at the time, but she was still wrestling. So she had her. And then, of course, Soraya has her other siblings, um, Zach, and so many, and her other siblings as well. And they were all fighting and all wrestling, you know, either each other or other people. And I thought it was just so cool. And I just used to love watching her and how rough and tumble she used to be. Like... I just lived for that back then. So they even showed in a documentary how her and her brother went to trials for WWE and how Soraya made it, but her brother didn't. And that, of course, broke her heart. But her being very young, you know, she knew that this was her dream, but she really didn't necessarily want to leave her family because they were so close or tight knit or whatever. But she followed her dream. Her family supported her um, as far as I could see. And she went to WWE, went to the NXT brand, um, struggled with changes because at the time they wanted the women to fit a certain aesthetic, like the whole model aesthetic, like being smaller, being blonde and tan and all that other stuff. Um, but clearly Soraya does not fit that aesthetic at all. Like she is more of a rough and tumble wrestler, like an actual wrestler at that who's highly skilled. And then on top of that, you know, she's not tanned, like she's pale and she has black hair and she looks kind of more like a goth girl. But that was a good thing and that was really different. And she labeled herself as the anti-diva. And of course, she made her debut in FCW, but then around that time, you know, FCW was turned upside down and then turned and rebranded as NXT, not the game show, but the um, developmental brand we know it as today. And as they were building their women's division, um, she took on the name of Paige. And of course, in NXT, she was popping off and everything. And then they had a tournament. They created and erected the NXT Women's Championship. And um, they had a tournament for it. And she wound up going far in the tournament to the finals and wound up winning. And be she became the first ever NXT Women's Champion. So with all the matches that she had, um, I fell in love with her when I saw her match against Emma. Um, formerly known as Emma, but her name is, of course, Tennille Dashwood. Um, their match for that in that final tournament, you know, match for the NXT Women's title was absolutely amazing. And I felt like I could watch them wrestle forever. Like, I just remember I would watch the main roster and they would just not have, you know, the women's matches be that long. But then you switch over and you look at NXT on the network and or on YouTube on, you know, for those who didn't have the funds to buy the network back then. Hello. Um, <laughs> you would watch it. And I would just sit for minutes upon minutes, you know, and just watch them wrestle forever. Like their matches would be close to 15 or 20 minutes. And that's because Triple H believed in the women's division and actually believed that a change could come for them. And I'm so grateful for that because watching them was just so refreshing and just, oh, it was just so beautiful. And I might go back and watch those matches again, but watching Paige and the rise of her and watching her be different and sort of, you know, pave the way for a lot of the women that we see and saw, you know, over the past couple of years was just really cool. Then on top of that, after she fought through everyone, you know, on NXT, especially Emma, 
um she got called up while she was NXT Women's Champion. And then she historically beat AJ Lee for the Divas title um, on the night after WrestleMania. Um, not that, well, yeah, the night after WrestleMania on Raw. And nobody was expecting that, but everybody got crunk as F because they knew who she was. Because in that crowd, you know, these are the diehard fans you know who knew who she was and they were really lit for her and it was just so cool for her to have that moment and then on their youtube channel they posted her after she won and she was crying super hard and i remember crying myself because i'm just like i'm just a crybaby and i love watching people succeed and make their dreams come true so i was like oh my god this is so great and i just started crying and i kid you not i watched that match where she hit the rampage on um AJ Lee and won a title like at least 10 times that week because I was just so excited and I was following her in NXT and I knew who she was so I was just like oh my god this is the greatest thing ever and she was even the desktop she was like the desktop wallpaper on my laptop in college for a long time based off of that you know one win and I was just so thrilled for her um and then she wound up having to relinquish the NXT Women's title because, of course, she couldn't be on the main roster and the NXT at the same time. So she never lost the NXT Women's title. She just had to give it up. So she stayed on the main roster after that. And, of course, everybody else fought for the NXT Women's title. And she stayed on the main roster. But even with somebody as talented as she was and even with all of the moves and stuff with her moveset that she was doing the women still weren't given a whole lot of time and it and it used to make me sad because I felt like with her there were more changes that could come with the women's division um at that time the divas division at that time but it wasn't necessarily the case like the change was still very slow um, but either way, I still watched everything she did. Her feud with Alicia Fox, her feud with freaking AJ. I feel like they tossed the title back and forth between each other so many times. Um, but I wasn't mad about it because Paige was just my girl and I wanted to see her win. And I was angry anytime AJ beat her because <laughs> I was just like, dang it, Paige, like hang on to the title for your entire life. Like, just hang on to it, please. But, you know, that's just how it would happen. And they almost gave off the impression like they were best friends and they liked each other. But deep down inside, they didn't or whatever. Like, it was almost a weird point where it almost looked like they could have had a girl crush on each other. And Paige was like, but I love you, AJ. And I'm, it, it was, or AJ would be like, I love you, Paige, and all this other stuff. It was just crazy. <laughs> but they were really good friends in real life so excuse me to figure that out was just really cool um so I believe after all of that there was a point where she and the Bella twins beefed a whole lot too um of course ever since you know they came up with team Bella it felt like a lot of the time Paige was sort of fighting the Bellas you know on her own which was like a really tough thing to do because, you know, with Team Bella, it was always like all three of them. You had the Bella Twins and Alicia Fox and they could always cheat and do underhanded stuff to like, you know, outsmart Paige and basically hold on to the Divas title as long as they could or whatever. 
and that finally changed of course with the call-ups of charlotte flair sasha banks and um becky lynch and Paige, you know had charlotte and becky lynch join her team and they were team pcb even though at the time they did you know call each other the submission um the submission i forgot it wasn't the submission specialist or something like that but they had a name they they had that name first but then they changed it to team pcb because it was something nasty it meant something nasty so they had to change it but either way um team pcb wound up breaking up because Paige got frustrated and made it seem like everything was all about charlotte when she won the divas title finally um and then she actually did this horrible um well it wasn't a bad promo because she wasn't a bad talker Paige was never a bad promo girl ever but she hit this promo where she brought up charlotte flair's um brother who had passed away reed and a lot of people online didn't like that they felt like that was distasteful but my thing is you know in wrestling they've been doing that for a long time like they've literally been bringing up people who have passed away just to get feelings out of people for a long time so you know i know it might rub a lot of people the wrong way but either way she did it and it's whatever but at the same time they started beefing and then after a certain point you know after she quit beefing with a lot of folks she got caught up in real life in this romance with alberto de rio um well with one guy and then she left him and then wound up with alberto de rio and they talked about this on total divas um a bit because she was on there um on that reality show which i kind of miss loki um i don't know if that's popular to say at this point but i do miss total divas as a reality show so when the season she was on there um she would talk about you know how new and how how fun her romance with alberto de rio was and but what but the stuff that was coming out about their relationship you know a few years later turned out to be really toxic stuff even though they were engaged like alberto de rio was just not a good man like he turned out to be really abusive really angry like he just turned out to not really be that good and so after that point um it felt like maybe Paige kind of lost herself a bit and we didn't see her on tv as much anymore and it was sad and as the women's evolution continued to move forward of course the way that it did and it has you missed her presence so I guess maybe she just took some time off to get herself together and just chill out I don't know like I said I don't know her like that um but then when she made her grand return to WWE everybody was crunk as F everybody was happy and then um I believe I'm possibly missing the part where she did she was a judge on tough enough too like that was really cool and there was that weird time where I thought maybe she would come on Smackdown and me and my boyfriend made a sign of her pee um for Paige and she was not on that show but I still wound up on TV anyway I don't care um and I still have that sign because my boyfriend's really good at drawing things even though he doesn't like to tell people um <laughs> but yeah either way he made that sign for me but then it was just like she disappeared for a while and then she came back um in grand fashion 
And then she came back with these two new faces, which turned out to be Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. And they made um, a faction known as Absolution. And watching all three of them fight was just really good and refreshing because you also had the Riot Squad too. And they were looking to shake up some stuff. And I was just like, okay, like this was really cool. Like I enjoyed that so much. And I was hoping that maybe at some point, because I know I think at one point even Sasha Banks and Paige fought each other in a singles match. A part of me was like, ooh, what if Paige challenges for the Raw Women's title? That would be lit. Like, that's what I wanted. Like, I wanted that for Paige so much. But it felt like it was such a short period of time where she did get to fight until one time she was at a house show and Sasha Banks kicked her and she sustained an injury where she didn't really wrestle anymore we saw her you know doing manager stuff and coming out with mandy and sonya but we didn't necessarily know all of what was going on until it was revealed that she told us like she couldn't wrestle no more and i was like dang and a lot of people online were being real toxic about it i remember this they were being mad toxic about it and saying, oh, this is Sasha Banks's fault. She shouldn't have kicked her that way and all this other stuff. And it's like I said earlier, the human body fails you at times. And um, Paige had had back issues before. So sometimes when the body is aggravated, stuff just happens. And we can't just blame it on a certain person because wrestling may be wonderful and it's athletic but yeah it is indeed a risk you're putting your physical body on the line all the time and no matter how strong you are sometimes your body just does fail you at times and that's what happened and I was so devastated when she announced it she was officially retiring like oh my god it was too much and it was also really sad because that Wrestlemania had happened and it was the one the other one the second one that they had in new orleans and it's like she won the divas title on that raw after the first one in new orleans and she retired on that raw after that one and it was just like god dang like what the heck and i was crying and it was just too much but my life took a turn that week but i don't want to get into that right now but yeah like she fully retired from in-ring action and I was just like so what's gonna be next for her like it was just really sad because even in her speech she said this will always be my house you know and she left her t-shirt in the middle of the ring and I'm just like dang this is it but then she came back and she was made the general manager of Smackdown Live and I was just like okay girl I see you you know taking charge and you know telling people what to do and everything and watching her camaraderie with Daniel Bryan well Bryan Danielson and Shane McMahon at the time who was the commissioner of Smackdown like that was really cool I feel like the Smackdown live era doesn't really get all of its flowers but that era was amazing it was absolutely amazing and we should give the Smackdown live era a whole lot more credit because it gave us a lot of great things and her being general manager was one of them so and then she was general manager for a while I believe and then she um stopped being general manager um because they had some type of change of leadership somehow for some reason and 
we didn't see her anymore after that but then she was also a manager of the kabuki warriors in terms of asuka and kairi sane and then she also called up um the team formerly known as the iconics of course the inspiration um and then of course she went on to be a contributor to wwe backstage which was on fs1 and that was like a really cool espn-esque type of show about wrestling and that was really awesome and i hate that it got cut off but you know the pandemic just ran through and just decided to destroy everything and show her ugly behind so then after that we really just didn't see her anymore and outside of her being online and making a couple of posts and interacting with fans every now and again you really didn't see her participating anymore on television so you fast forward to now in july her contract ended and she made a statement talking about how um she just really wanted to go because wwe you know wasn't using her and that she didn't have anything negative to say about her time there but it's just the principle that she wants to just do more um and i couldn't blame her for that because when you're not doing anything and they're not utilizing you to the best of your ability um and you're not and it's like you are cleared but then they're scared i don't know maybe wwe was scared to use her because they were afraid she was injury prone i don't know but you have to make the decision that best suits where you are in life and it made me sad that she did leave WWE, but at the same time, I can't really be angry because that's what she wanted to do. And ultimately, as humans, we have to do what make, makes us happy. And it's clear that her being at AEW now might make her happy. So, as Soraya, I hope that she does make some waves um, in AEW and in the women's division. Um, I believe on the website, somebody took a picture and said that on the AEW website, they gave her a record. So maybe she'll wrestle. I don't know. Maybe she'll be a manager. I don't know. But either way, I'm going to always be here for her because she worked for every piece of success that she has. And even though, you know, with her, sometimes, you know, as us young people do, we tend to go crazy and make, you know, different choices in life and we learn from them and stuff. Um, that can sort of distract us from what our actual goals are and i'm glad that she got back on the right track and i'm glad that she never let anybody you know or anything like toxic relationships and bullies and stuff you know get in the way of her and her ultimate success because there are a lot of people who even still to this day in the wrestling fandom still like to joke about her and um some illicit videos that got released and leaked of her doing things and i'm just like that was really gross and it's just stupid how even in the wrestling community how men and just outside of that in general men have a tendency to um excuse my french slut shame women for being you know who they are and participating in relationships that they do when their stuff gets leaked and then you invade their privacy and make it seem like they're less than because of it i hated that like i really hated that like okay she did this and she was a grown woman doing this we have the right to our bodies and what we want to do and y'all shaming her for it and making fun of her for it to this day and making memes about it to this day only shows that you're childish and you can't see her as the the total human that she is and the total wrestling icon that she is that says a lot more about you than it does about her 
but either way I can't wait to see what the future holds for Soraya um and wrestling will always be her house and I'm just so happy for her and I just continue to just wish her the very best in her career because I'll, I'll always be a fan of hers and that's the end of this special segment about Soraya formerly known as Paige and now we move on to what I liked in wrestling this week All right, so now we've reached a point of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast where I talk about what I liked in wrestling this week. And of course, questioning things I didn't necessarily like as much and just wondering where exactly it's going to go. So of course, we are going to start. Actually, we aren't even going to start with Raw like we normally do. I just want to talk about how much I love WoW superheroes. Like, y'all need to watch that show find where it's at on whatever channel it is you have um that's adjacent to my network television and watch wild superheroes it comes on on saturdays at 6 p.m central for those who live in birmingham alabama like me um please watch it it's really cool it's one hour but the stuff that they put in that one hour is amazing like i mentioned before but please watch wild superheroes like they have some of the best women's talent and the best stories of why they do what they do on there and it's beautiful and um the production value is amazing so please give that a watch like seriously i was impressed with the beast who is the wow world champion like i heard about her like in the past um when wow was going on before the pandemic happened and stuff like that and just looking at this woman she is such a vision like for her to be as beautiful she is she's also like she has all these muscles (laughs) she has like she's just so strong and she's just so tough like she is almost like she reminds me if you were to combine like athena with um jazz like if you combine those two it's like you get the beast and jazz in her prime and the beast would have had an amazing match like seriously um i can't wait to see more of what the beast has to offer because it's looking like now she's having like a few going on with reina del rey who decided to give her like a suplex after her match with um at with adriana gambino so and then the beast gave her a spear back this like tonight so i was just like okay girl so it looked like we got our very first like big you know championship match feud so i'm really excited about that i'm really excited about foxy fears who's just this beautiful black woman with the most beautiful afro who likes to skate and she loves to do yoga as well um who comes from a family that of course believed in her and gave her everything she needed to um believe in herself and her dreams and stuff and she can skate too she's a professional roller skater and her entire aesthetic is like 70s like silk sonic skate type of vibes and i love it like it's really cool like i like it a lot and it's also giving disco too so it's amazing i love her um she's great i also love vivian rivera she's amazing too and i can't wait to hear more of her story um i know she's a graffiti artist um and she represents el salvador so that's cool and their tag team tournament is really lit too um the tonga twins y'all need to watch them they're amazing watch the tonga twins they're cool um 
And of course, I enjoy AJ Mendez on commentary with Stephen Dickey and David McClain. Um, but I do hope that at some point they'll actually utilize, you know, more women on commentary because of course AJ Mendez is the executive producer of the show as well. So of course, you know, she has that background knowledge in her wrestling career and stuff like that. But I want other women, maybe even me, to commentate wow as well. So just more women on commentary period because we're smart. We know things put us up there. So um, and that's no shade to David McClain and Stephen Dickey because they're really great too and they're really funny. And them two and AJ really bounce off of each other well. They're really, um, they like to joke around and everything. Like, they've built up a great rapport, I can tell. But you know, more women on commentary. That's just something I'm going to always um, advocate for. But yeah, please watch WOW Superheroes. It's amazing and it's colorful and it's great. So moving on um, to raw and what i liked for raw i love how during the match between seth rollins and bobby lashley for the united states title seth rollins had a pedigree counter to bobby lashley's spear like that was such a sick move like i could not believe that seth rollins really did hit like hit a pedigree you know to counter bobby lashley's spear because of course you know when you do a spear you're running like the front it's like your head and your shoulders are running forward right and then you're launching yourself into the person's body but then seth rollins jumped up with his athletic butt and then grabbed him up and then hit the pedigree to counter it and i was just like seth rollins is not of this world he just isn't he's just not of this world and we just need to appreciate him appreciate him while he's here because jesus come on seth just wow i cannot wait for the day him and cody rose get to fight each other again because he's fighting all these people ultimately because he knows he has some unfinished business with cody and you know once cody comes back they gonna have some unfinished business and they gonna fight each other even though a lot of people even janelle from the hr is suggesting that maybe cody rose will only come back and win the royal rumble but i feel like cody and seth you know really do have unfinished business first before all that but we'll just have to see maybe they'll be the final two in the royal rumble you know i know it's really early to be predicting that but maybe they'll be the final two in the royal rumble and then maybe cody will eliminate him and then he'll win and then he'll have a title match i don't know it's kind of hard to say then plus on top of that roman has both the belts and i really want him to just you know possibly lose the belt so he can fight the rock because the rock doesn't need the titles in order to want to fight roman but that's another story for another day but either way seth rollins is not of this world and we should appreciate him while he's here also i loved how damage control that's bailey eo sky and dakota kai who are now the women's tag team champions arrived in a chrysler limo like seriously i guess they got all that money and then they made their entrance inside of the arena with all the people on a cart that said damage control like you can't tell these girls nothing no more then on top of that you know they got a new logo and a new song um that's mixed in with bailey's theme song and it's just like they just ru running roughshod over everything but what i can say is this though i am a little bit tired of watching them you know fight bianca and alexa and oscar even though i'm pretty sure they're utilizing you know all of them because of course you know your bigger big big stars like charlotte sasha and naomi are all not um 
working at this point but it's just kind of annoying like a little bit to see them fighting a lot I feel like we're watching a lot of the same fights over and over again and it's just like okay um I would just like something else so yeah then I also love Bianca Belair's black jumpsuit that woman sure can dress and even if whether you're the champion or not if you are a woman in wrestling you gotta look good and Bianca Belair heard that advice and she took it to the moon (laughs) because every time you see her she just looks like a million dollars and I love it also something else I liked on Raw was just the fact that Alexa Bliss was getting some action on Bailey, who she used to bully. And it's funny because when you look back in history, it's like I remember the time Bailey actually got wrecked by Alexa Bliss in that This Is Your Life segment. And Alexa used to just bully the crap out of her. And even with extreme rules, it was like Bailey was always like this nice girl, like this hugger girl, but almost to her detriment to the point to where it was looking like, you know, she couldn't fight back against somebody like Alexa, who was just naturally that aggressive as the mean girl back there. But it's almost like the tables have turned. The turns have tabled. Bailey is the mean girl now and Alexa is just not even really the goddess or even the demon anymore she's just the girl who comes out with Lily now and it's weird it's really weird but I don't know and then I love how the crowd in San Jose was chanting who's your daddy at Austin Theory (laughs) I was just like you know what I really feel like the WWE um fandom is never gonna let Austin Theory live that down Roman Reigns really roasted him to hell and back he roasted him when he said look your daddy's not here to here anymore to protect you he meant that he said it with his chest and we're not letting him live that down so (laughs) it's funny also in his match against Kevin Owens that was really good and Kevin Owens is somebody who also continues to show out with his athleticism too um like he's amazing let's appreciate him while he's here too um of course you know you had the QR code with the rabbits and everything but I did talk about that earlier so uh I won't go further into that but I did miss the QR code when it popped up on the TV because I was slow picking up my phone but hey whatever it was a long day um then I also love the Street Profits gear because their gear was making a reference to the baseball team um the San Francisco Giants and they even made a reference to Barry Bonds who was once upon a time known as probably one of the greatest home run hitters in baseball history until of course he got derailed by that steroid scandal from a long time ago that was so heartbreaking but yeah their gear is always really good I think maybe it's because I don't know who else makes their gear um but I do know at some points you know there have been points where Bianca has made their gear too but either way um it was really cute and I would also love to know what exactly are the Street Profits doing now now that they're not in any title contention like that was a question that I did have because it just seemed like they just be kind of just fighting anybody now and it's just like what's going on um and I kind of felt that way about the new day on Monday as well and I felt that way up until Friday um but I'll talk more about Smackdown a little bit later um 
also i hated how edge basically got played out by the judgment day yet again like i'm just sick and tired of edge getting his butt beat all the time by the judgment day and how they just keep bullying him over and over again it's just like how many times are y'all gonna injure this man and put him out for a long time and how many times is he gonna come back for revenge and beat y'all up only for y'all to gain another member and then y'all continue to beat up on him it's just not fair and then with dominic a part of the fold now he's just being evil and dark and don't nobody like him no more um because of that because even when he tried to talk and give his reasons as to why he joined the judgment day along with Rhea sort of coaxing him and rubbing up on him like some creepy um rock couple like they was booing the crap out of him <laughs> because of course you ain't finna do Rey Mysterio wrong because Rey Mysterio is all of our uncles in our head and when you do him wrong that's when you've all you've officially effed up so yeah ain't nobody finna let you talk dominic and i don't blame them for booing him i just thought it was funny also another thing i liked about um raw was the fact that ray mysterio and matt riddle had a tag team match and i loved how they were both matching in green um because matt riddle wore his patrick star shorts <laughs> because if it's anybody in wwe who matches the aesthetic of patrick star without being too stupid it's matt riddle matt riddle like those shorts are amazing um and i also loved um ray mysterio's green gear and how his gear matched with his green contest to contact lenses i was just like come on ray let these people know that just because you are our uncle does not mean that you can that you have to dress like an uncle dang it you can be youthful and still you can dress youthful and still be older now we love you we love you ray mysterio dang it um yeah i also liked and didn't like how dominic and Rhea were just being all creepy and sexy with each other and then on the bump she was talking about how dominic you know calls him mommy or poppy or it's whatever you know he wants or whatever and i'm just like wait so you mean to tell me you turned him out and i'm sorry you know if for the kids who might be listening to this but it's just you know since you guys are like boyfriend or girlfriend like it's just like have you like you know made him a man like what I, girl what are you doing like do you have a dungeon what's going on <laughs> Reard, she's special um she's very special but i do feel weird though because with the women's division being where it's at with bianca now set to face off against bailey at extreme rules for the raw women's championship i kind of hate that Rhea is not in the title picture anymore either because it's felt like maybe she had like maybe two matches with Liv um since she joined the judgment day or whatever and it's like she hasn't really been wrestling any women since then she's only been hanging out with the guys of judgment day and my thing is it's like you have Rhea who is so imposing and so athletic in the ring why aren't you using her and her power dynamics to possibly go after Bianca like as much as I love Bianca Belair she deserves you know the best opponents you know to go for her title and Rhea Ripley could very well be one of those people so it kind of sucks how 
I know Rhea is making the best of it, but it kind of sucks how Rhea is just getting caught up, you know, with all of this Judgment Day drama and not, you know, chopping it up with the women because the women are doing great things or whatever. But at the same time, she should be, you know, getting busy with the women too um, in terms of the title picture. So, yeah, um, that's something that I kind of question a little bit, but it's whatever. And then, of course, Seth Rollins got challenged to a fight pit match at Extreme Rules by Matt Riddle. And I'm really interested in seeing that because they've only had one. I think they had one on NXT before the rebrand. But I'm really interested in seeing that. And I hope they destroy each other. Also, it's so funny how Dexter Loomis is just making The Miz and excuse me, the Miz and Tommaso Ciampa's life a living hell. He tried to suck them under the ring but they fought him off and it was just really funny and i'm also trying to figure out how did dex Lumis get out of jail but it's so funny that happened we haven't seen indy hartwell since so maybe she did break him out like i was asking for i don't know but either way that was pretty much everything i liked about um raw so to move on with everything that i liked about or questioned about nxt this week this of course was the first nxt that took place after the one year anniversary show of nxt 2.0 and of course they have their new little black and gold logo but then they still have the colors of 2.0 so i'm wondering is it really like a combination of the two things or or will they you know change it to fit a more black and gold thing i don't know but i hate it that they took the NXT North American title away from Solo Sokoa at the beginning of this episode of NXT. I hated that because Solo with the title added a whole new level of coolness to the bloodline. It's like the whole bloodline that he just joined with his brothers, the Usos, and his cousin Roman, and Sami Zayn. Um, it's like, they all have titles, like, at this point. So I'm just looking like, this aesthetic was perfect. Why did you have to destroy it and take it away? But Shawn Michaels, Uncle Shawn, decided to say, okay, well, the reason why we have to strip the title from you is because you were not one of the opponents that the fans could vote on to face Carmelo Hayes for the title at the one-year anniversary show, which is true. He wasn't on the ballot, you know, because he was already up on SmackDown. He wasn't on the ballot. But my thing is, if it was that big of a deal, why didn't you just stop the match before it happened? Because Wesley got beat up backstage. He was the one who was supposed to fight Carmelo Hayes for the North American title because that's the that's the one that the people, including me, voted for to face Carmelo. But they beat him up backstage, Carmelo and Tree. So what so if it was that big of a deal for y'all to not have a match for Carmelo, why did you just let Solo Sokoa, you know, interfere like that and win the match and win the title? why that was just dumb to me and now the title is vacant and it has to be won in a ladder match of halloween havoc and carmelo hayes is in that match you know without having to fight for that spot because he was a former champion so okay i get that but i don't know i just feel like this is kind of unnecessary but i guess it isn't 
I don't know. Maybe they just don't want Solo to go back and forth between NXT and SmackDown. I don't know. But it's been done before. But I don't know what, what the heck is different. But I hated that. That made me sad because I just love the idea of an all gold bloodline. But no, they just had to take it away because we can't have too much bloodline supremacy. Otherwise, that would just make people mad. I don't know. I like bloodline supremacy. I love them as a faction. They're cool. I like it. But we can't have, I guess I just can't have an all gold bloodline at this point. But we'll talk more about the bloodline a little bit later. But, um... Let me just say, I'm also a little bit tired of Damon Kemp talking about all the reasons why he destroyed the Diamond Mine and how they're not the greatest and all this other stuff. And then it's weird because you turn heel, but you have the face of a teddy bear. It's so hard (laughs) because it's like, I want to take him seriously as a heel because he did interfere with the Creed brothers winning their tag titles back against Pretty Deadly last week in the cage match. But it's just like... Damon, you have the face of a teddy bear. Get out of my face. <laughs> Stop it. I can't wait for them to get revenge on him. Like, I really can't. Because teddy bear is just not going to do it. Um, He's just not going to do this to them. I'm ready for the diamond mine to just come and whoop his butt. Like, I'm really ready for that. Also, something else I liked from NXT was watching Tatum Paxley and her agility against Gigi Dolan in the tag team match that they had um, with Toxic versus um, um, Tatum Paxley and Ivy Nile, who, of course, has been wrapped up in this drama with the Diamond Mine as well. Like, Tatum Paxley is amazing. Like, she's getting really, like, she's getting, like, super better in the ring, even though I don't know exactly why she has a mask on her face, like, I don't know, maybe she got injured somehow, I don't know, but her agility, when her and Gigi started off the match, was really great, um, and I would also just like to put it out there that I want to marry Gigi Dolan, like, if me and my boyfriend currently don't work out, Gigi Dolan, please marry me, um, I love you, you're gorgeous I love your orange hair I love the way you wrestle you're gorgeous like marry me either way um (laughs) so yeah Toxic wound up winning the match which of course helped them bounce back um from their losing ways that they've been dealing with for the past couple of weeks and of course maybe they'll be looking for a rematch for the tag titles that they once had um that are currently being held by Team Casey Squared, Katana Chance, and Caden Carter. So, yeah. But for real though, Gigi. Marry me. Holla at your girl. Try. Um, I also loved Roxanne um, Perez and her determination to show her tougher side to Cora Jade once they finally do fight each other. Um, and I love how Roxanne mentioned how much fire her match with Mako Satomura put um under her butt because you don't just fight a legend like that and not feel like you can run through a brick wall like I remember the first time I commentated um with Scott Reznor my commentary bestie love you um and I was commentating this match with jazz in it and it turned out to be a tag team match that was no dq and feeling like like being able to commentate for a legend like jazz 
um, who was in the match with the Wode and Ray Lynn and um, Heather Monroe. Like that made me feel really good inside. And when you make an accomplishment like that in wrestling, it do be making you feel like you can take on the whole world. Like you can go out and slay dragons um, and be a gladiator in a suit. No scandal though. But <laughs> yeah, like it just makes you feel like you can do anything. So Roxanne Perez having that level of confidence in herself at this stage of her career and also considering the fact that she's so young too like that has to feel amazing so I hope that she continues to take that motivation that determination um to succeed and use that fire and blow that fire in the face of Cora Jade because Cora does too much and I'm sick of her and I hate that she beat Wendy Chu like come on really Cora I don't I'm, I'm just sick of Cora um I also love JD McDonough's Spanish Fly slash Devil Inside that he hit on Tyler Bate in their number one contenders match for the NXT championship. Like that was lit. That was really lit. Like watching those two fight was like watching the best of NXT UK all over again. So I do recommend if you haven't watched that match, please go back and um, find it and watch it because it was great. And I also love that Ilya Dragunov made his NXT debut and he inserted himself seemingly into the title picture because Mr. Sir never lost his NXT UK championship. He never lost it. He had to give it up due to injury. So he wants a piece of Braun Breaker the same way JD McDonough wants a piece of Braun Breaker. So maybe at Halloween Havoc, we'll get a triple threat for it instead of, you know, it being Braun versus JD McDonough too like a triple threat i'm i'm here for that i'm really here for that so those are all the things that i liked and also um questioned about nxt this week also shout out to landon the conqueror chase who made his um appearance with Braun breaker during his entrance while he was going to commentary he's one of the kids who's um fighting pediatric cancer um and he's a connor's cure kid so shout out to him i'm glad that you were able to make your dreams come true in that way and you deserve all of the happy things that your heart desires so yes shout out to that little boy he's great so lastly what well not lastly because i did watch AEW this week i can't even i watch so much wrestling guys so sometimes i be forgetting um <laughs> Like I mentioned earlier, I love Soraya making her debut. Um, and then last night when I was watching Rampage, I really loved the match between Jungle Boy Jack Perry and Ray Phoenix, who was one third of the AEW World Trios champions. That match was fire. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, and I also wondered why is it that Trina decided to stab diamante in the back when the both of you are from miami like why did that happen trina i understand and respect that you're the baddest b and all but why are you stabbing your miami sister in the back for jade like that was really interesting and i also hated that jade and diamante's match wasn't that long but sadly in AEW that seems to be par for the course because they like repeating history that WWE has already done and smashed and are trying to make right but either way it's just like bro like I'm tired of this I'm just really tired of their women's matches being like super short like 
come on these women have the ability to have a longer match they just need the opportunity give them the opportunity like I'm really tired of having to say this over and over again but yeah I'm really tired of it also another thing I didn't like in AEW was on Dynamite when Chris Jericho won the Ring of Honor World Championship from Claudio Castagnoli I hated that because when it comes to the whole Code of Honor thing Jericho did not follow it and I know you can use the excuse of him being a heel and not following it yeah you can use that as an excuse but at the end of the day when you're fighting somebody and you're fighting for a title that has years of tradition um that's been built up in terms of building up that form of honor and you desecrate it by not shaking your opponent's hand number one and then number two cheating and hitting claudio in his hoo-ha and then covering him for the one two three and winning a title like that that was just lame i hated that i hated that there was no honor in that so chris jericho being the ring of honor champion is something that I really don't put that much stock in it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I just feel like slowly but surely they're turning Ring of Honor into AEW Jr. Like, I don't like it. It's weird. It's weird. And I don't like it. But, yeah. That's really everything that I have to say about AEW this week. So... Oh, and congratulations to the Acclaimed for winning the tag titles. Even though I did feel weird about them winning the tag titles. And then Keith Lee and um, Swerve Strickland visited the wrestling club kids. Shout out to Victor Perry. They visited them earlier that day. And, you know, they were holding the titles and everything. And then they would go on to lose them <laughs> to the Acclaimed. And I was just like, oh, no, that's really weird. Um that was really weird to me it was just really weird timing but you know that's no shades them. but wow um but yeah it has nothing to do with them going to see the kids but I just thought it was just really weird how that happened very weird but either way congratulations to the acclaimed um because they've been at AEW for a long time and definitely congratulations to Anthony Bowens because he is the first I believe openly gay black male to be a champion in AEW. So congratulations. He deserves that. So that was cool. So moving on to SmackDown and what I liked from that show this week. We have to talk about the budget for the Bloodline t-shirts. Because I feel like every week they come out with a new shirt. Cause even this week they came out with the we are the we the ones t-shirt with the blood on the white letters and they were all dressed in the shirts even solo but then sammy didn't have one on because he had on the old bloodline shirt that had paul Heyman on there before of course they put an x on it when he stabbed him in the back but then he came back to them or whatever and then in the segment roman questioned sammy and asked him why he was there when he was acknowledging him or whatever after Solo Sokoa acknowledged him and they didn't even mention the fact that he had lost his title and got it stripped from him weirdly enough but when Sammy acknowledged him Roman was like bro why are you here why are you have on my t-shirt like what is this what is this all about 
And then Jay was behind Roman and Jay Uso was just walking back and forth, walking back and forth and staring at him and walking back and forth. You know how like an attack dog do walking back and forth like he was ready to eat Sammy's face off. It was crazy. And then when Roman said, look, you can't wear that shirt anymore. Like you can't do this anymore. Jay was like, take the shirt off, take the shirt off. And he ripped the shirt off of his body. Like it was just really bad. It was like a scene out of the crucifixion when they tore off Jesus's clothes off. It was weird. But it was just like, oh my God, stop. Um, and then when Roman was like, I don't, I never want to see you in that bloodline shirt again. And then Jay was living for it, right? And I was sitting on the couch like, oh my God, does this mean they really finna kick him out? Um, Are they finna kick him out? But then Roman was like, I don't want to see you wear that shirt again because I got you a new one. And he threw the shirt at him and it was a Sami Zayn honorary Oos (laughs) t-shirt. And Jay Uso was over it. Jay was so over it. He was ducked off in the corner, in the ring corner, looking like this dude. But not this dude. Um, But, oh my God. It was just so dramatic. And Jay was really staring at him like, y'all really gonna do this? Like, y'all really think he can really hang with us like this? Like, Jay does not like it. But Sammy was so happy to get that t-shirt. He hugged Roman Reigns. He dapped up Jimmy Uso in a way that... And he dapped him up so perfect, too. I was just like, Sammy, you just get real comfortable with these people of color like this. (laughs) And he hugged Solo because Solo is here for it. And he was laughing in Jay Uso's face. And... The drama lord. But I think... I have a theory... As to why Jay feels some type of way towards Sami Zayn. And I think it has to do with the fact that maybe Sami Zayn is having an easier go of it in terms of joining the bloodline than Jay did. Because if you think about it, Jay was trying to strike out on his own when his brother Jimmy was injured. um, Before the bloodline really got started. And Jay was not in the mood to really acknowledge Roman like that. Um, in terms of him being better than him and all that. And they fought tooth and nail and back and forth. And Roman basically gaslit the F out of him, you know, for a whole year or two. Like, during the pandemic era, you know. And it was just like, he had a very tough go of it. And he fought him tooth and nail, fought him for the title and everything. Couldn't win it, couldn't, couldn't win for nothing. And... His brother had to step in and stop Roman from tearing him apart so much. And Jay finally did join Roman. And then Jimmy, even though he didn't fight tooth and nail, he still wound up joining the bloodline either way. Um, And then they all became the thing. So you have Sammy here who isn't even of Samoan blood, isn't of the NOI family who is getting to do all of this small stuff by just pledging his allegiance and they're just giving him an easier go of it than Jay had. So maybe that's why Jay Uso don't like Sami Zayn so much because he had to go through so much to even, you know, get his own stuff, to even be the undisputed tag team champions at this point, you know, and Sami hasn't had to do as much. So maybe that is the underlying reason why he can't stand him. 
or maybe this is just another way of roaming like gaslighting jay and making his life miserable or something like that i don't know either way jay and sammy gonna have to fight <laughs> they gonna have to fight to get some of this anger out because child it's just too much it's too much but it's still very entertaining to watch though jay's face is probably gonna be a gif for the rest of eternity because of how irritated he looked but either way it was a really fun segment it was really fantastic they never lose um and their t-shirt budget has to be through the roof because they literally have a new shirt every single week like they just need their own store at this point bloodline store they can call it bl or something like that wwe bl sell purses or something actually no don't sell purses because i have too many to begin with so i ain't got no more room for no more purses so bloodline don't make a purse please don't jesus christ don't um <laughs> so after he got his honorary oost title officially Sami Zayn was really feeling himself the way we tend to do when we get new clothes we be feeling ourselves so he went backstage and started you know and he started talking big stuff to ricochet and madcap mouse and so they was making fun of him and they also and they basically almost called him the bloodlines b-word but then here comes solo sokoa jumping them from behind and they fought them and sam was like yeah you're not gonna do that to me because i'm the honorary oost now and all this other stuff so he was talking mad cash ish just because he's an honorary ooze now so now they got a tag team match next week i think um on smackdown so that's gonna be real interesting to see so yeah Sami Zayn is really feeling himself so yeah another part of smackdown i liked was of course um the braun Strowman and otis match because of course they had to reinforce the ring because these are two big men um who could very well destroy each other and break things and I love that Otis was actually getting cheered by the Salt Lake City um, crowd. And I hadn't really seen him get cheered like that since he was trying to court Mandy Rose. Like, it was just really cool to see him getting that much love. We need to appreciate and show love to Otis. And I also cannot wait for the day that we can cheer for him again because him and Alpha Academy, I mean, it's great and all with the whole shoes thing with Chad Gable. But at the same time, I miss cheering for Otis because Otis is so sweet. Plus, not to mention, shout out to Michael Cole for making a reference to Heavy Machinery, which was the tag team Otis was in with Tucker. Like, they were amazing and they actually signed my Raw Women's title um, a couple of years back at SmackDown. They were really nice. So, yeah. And they should have been SmackDown tag team champions, but they weren't. So, I know life goes on, but I miss Happy Otis. Either way... Another part of SmackDown that I liked was Liv Morgan beating the crap out of Lacey Evans, um, who was talking trash to her during their match together and made it seem like she couldn't get extreme. But doggone it, you made Liv Morgan mad. She slapped you in the face, hit her um, oblivion on you, covered you one, two, three, beat you with the kendo stick that you tried to use on her, and then crashed you through a table and sat back up like nothing happened. Y'all gonna stop playing with Liv Morgan. Stop playing with Liv Morgan and making it seem like that she's just some flimsy girl. She's not, okay? And she can get extreme and she's shown that she's willing to go to whatever lengths it is to keep her SmackDown Women's title from Ronda Rousey. So, 
I can't wait to see what they come up with for this match. But either way, I'm here for Liv Morgan. It was great. I'm also happy that Shotzi has turned face again because all I want to do is cheer for Shotzi. She's amazing. Give her more things. And I'm happy that she is fighting with Raquel Rodriguez against damage control. But my question is, where did Aaliyah go? Where's Aaliyah? Because ever since they lost the tag team titles, we haven't seen Aaliyah. We've only seen Raquel. Aaliyah, where you at, girl? Where you at? Aaliyah 317, where are you? Um, The white rabbit thing didn't show up. So we're still waiting on that. Um... And I also loved the main event, which was the Usos versus the Brawling Brutes. And I loved how backstage they were with Kayla Braxton. Shout out to her, Alabama girl. Um, And they now have adopted the chant banger after banger after banger after banger. And this just made me think of Kev on stage and how on his podcast, here's the thing with um, that chick Angel. He says, banger, 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 all 2022. And it's just really funny. And that was the first thing I thought of when they kept saying banger. Also, shout out to Kev on stage because you have entertained me like my entire adult existence and you deserve nothing but good things and love and healing because he did just lose his brother um Jason Fredericks who was a really good and comedic force in the universe um and helped with the rise of Kevin on stage and everything he had going on so I just want to send my love and respect to Kevin on stage and his family during this tough time like seriously um yeah um but to move on that was really all that I liked from Smackdown and all that I liked in wrestling this week so if you see me sharing any clips of anything that I liked in wrestling um this week throughout you know the week or this weekend or whatever tell me what you liked in wrestling or what you like that's going on currently now and it doesn't have to be you know just WWE stuff it could be AEW stuff it could be Impact stuff stuff in the indies tell me what you like um that's going on in wrestling right now um or even and these aren't even just for like hardcore fans these could be for casual fans this could also be for people who are just starting off in wrestling and who've just gotten off into it like tell me what you like to see and what you've liked um so far um when you see me making posts um so yeah follow me on instagram and twitter at hardy wrestling podcast and on twitter at hardy wrestle pod and just comment and interact with me you know and you never know maybe a conversation that we'll have about wrestling might wind up on the show or on my social media so yeah so thank you guys for joining me for this new episode of the hardy wrestling podcast as usual know you can follow me your girl stephanie hardy on instagram and twitter at queen steph hardy you can also follow the hardy wrestling podcast on instagram like i said earlier at hardy wrestling podcast and on twitter at hardy wrestle pod and listen to this show on anchor spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, my youtube channel the hardy wrestling podcast and so many other places you can listen as well um 
please check that out i know next week i am in the midst of going through a lot of interviews um with the likes of iridian fiero who is um the host of her wrestling podcast rest friends um or wrestle friends i don't know if i'm pronouncing that correctly but i'll be talking to her and then also pretty soon i'll be talking to the owner or the co-owner of battle club pro joe kim morales and i'll probably be talking to more people leading up to my time um with the behind the magic women of color in wrestling panel um at new york comic-con i looked on the website and i saw my name with the other girls' names and i couldn't believe it it's so beautiful um and i'm really excited for it so along with the hard work with this and with the with and preparing for comic-con and also of course with women's wrestling talk it's a busy time but it's a fun time to be alive um and working in wrestling as a woman of color it's great so please check that out and please come you know to our panel um if you are a wrestling fan or even if you aren't a wrestling fan please come to our panel if you're headed towards um new york comic-con at the javits center on friday um october the 7th or the 8th please come um (laughs) um in room 406.1 and just chop it up with us and talk to us about um wrestling and how it is being a woman of color so with that in mind this is the hardy wrestling podcast with your girl stephanie hardy and of course the theme song was performed by josiah williams aka mr wrestle and flow and until next time bye y'all